We have a, a coach on recruiting. How can we bring more agents to the team and the company? We have a coach on uh, systems and who's helping us work our back end. And they're also helping us with our training for the agents, like give it, providing the systems for that. My next coach that I'm looking for is on leadership. How can I become a better leader? You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 325 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, we're going to stay in the beautiful state of Florida, although the thunderstorms at night are really fun and really loud. Uh, we've been having some great weather here. <laughs> it's uh, late June in Florida on the uh, Gulf Coast in St. Petersburg, and it's been very loud and noisy. But we're going over to Orlando. That's where Todd Schroth is and his team with EXP. Uh, he's been in the business his entire life, really. As soon as he got out of high school, he was right into real estate. Uh, family has is, is got a history of it. So it's I love these stories. They're quite different. Um, and a big shout out to Anthony for, for forcing me. Okay. Cajoling me. That's better. Just telling me that this is the guy I needed to talk to. Anthony was absolutely right. So thanks, Anthony. Uh, but let's get this thing started. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. You know, Bill, thanks for having me here. I'm looking forward to sharing. I, you have a huge fan in Tampa. Did you know that? You know, there's this guy I, you know, in Tampa that it's, <laughs> That's why I'm excited to be here because he's talked nothing but like crazy stuff about this guy. Bill Risser's like, who is this guy? And I was like, I was excited to meet him last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, Anthony was right. You know, we had a nice conversation and uh, I can't wait to get your story here. So we'll get this thing going. Uh, you're, you're in Orlando doing great things in the real estate world. Uh, you've been there a long time. Are you a native Floridian or did you escape the cold somehow? We escaped that we, the family wanted to get down and escape the cold. My mom's, you know, back in uh, high school, she's like, you want to move to Florida? I was like, sure. I was 16 years old. We drove down um, and we've been down here ever since. So it's been 33 years, I think. So high school, you you moved in the middle of high school. How was that? Yeah. Junior year of high school. So, that, I mean, I went to a, a private school here, which was funny because sitting in the hall, the first day of class, somebody walks up to me. He's like, Todd, I'm like, it was somebody I went to sixth grade with that moved down here as well. So it was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you had someone right away. And <laughs> that was, yep. that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I looking at your history, I think it's, it's pretty interesting that you're one, you're like one of the unicorns on the podcast. That's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> it was like, you've only worked in real estate. I mean, yep. really that this from, from day one out of school, this is what you've done. Talk about yeah. the very beginning. So Graduated high school, um, getting signed up for college. I had one job besides real estate, okay. and that was 18 years old. There, you know, going back to the days of fax machines, I was in the bookstore doing something, and I saw um, a piece of paper on the on the school's fax, and it said computer sales. Let me go check it out. And so it was a you know ad they sent over. So I went and checked it out. I'm like, so I got the job. Did that for a year. So I was I basically I, I was 17, 18 years old doing that, and then. A buddy of mine from high school ran into me at the computer store and he's like, Hey, we're buying real estate. We're doing this stuff. And I was like, Hey, sounds interesting. Let, let, you know, let's talk further about it. So 19 years old, I get involved in the real estate industry and I'm second generation real estate. My mom has been selling for 55 years. My, my dad, my stepdad, my stepmom, all have had the real estate license. My sisters both had the real estate license. My brother's a custom builder. 
my wife's got her license. It is the family business. So it's, you know, it's our, our dinner conversations at Thanksgiving. What's going on with the markets? 19 years old, I bought my first investment property. Wow. Didn't have my real estate license, but I, I was like, he's doing the investment stuff. So I was like, let's let's give it a shot. So we had private capital to back us. So it was obviously made it easier to buy without having to save up, you know, back then $16,000 to buy our first house. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, back then it was 16,000 um, was and 18% was our loan. But, and I was buying a lot of real estate with 18% money and I was cash flowing all of it. Now it's like you buy something with 6% and I'm like, can you cash flow it? Yeah. Um, so price is all relative, relative to the rate that's sitting out there. But I did the investment stuff for about five years to 25. I got burnt out, had a lot of rental properties, had a lot of stuff we were managing, a lot of flips we were doing. And at the same time, I opened up a telemarketing company. And so that was, I ran that for about three or four years and I had a manager in place. So I, I didn't, I wasn't like physically involved every day. And when I quit real estate investments and got into the management of the, of the like hands-on, I hated it. I hated working for pe- working with people and did it for about six months. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going back into real estate and um, shut the company down. We sold it to our manager. And then we got into the real estate side, got my license and I just got right into sales. Wow. How do you find your first client? Go after the market you were working before. Yeah. So of course I was listing investment properties. I was the stuff, you know, they were doing the, we'll buy your house cash ads. So if they didn't buy it, I would go in there as a listing and say, Hey, they didn't want to give you enough money. But you know, that was my first listing appointment was a, someone who they didn't buy on their house. That's So you had, you had a solid 10 years after that first purchase at 19 and your you know your experience starts building in, on investment stuff till the time you become a residential real estate agent right five years we did that five yeah. years we did investments so 25 years old so I turned 47 um, I've been doing the real estate so the last 22 years has been involved in real estate Wow I, I wonder so you're 25 26 years old talking to probably people a bit older than you about investing yeah. in real estate how'd that go? <laughs> I was fine because I had you know think about when you flip or or fix or work on you know 800 properties or more or less you have a lot of knowledge that you're spitting out at them yeah and also growing up in the industry I had knowledge of the whole process because I've you know we've been in the floats and we've been in the offices and and been in all kinds of things with our parents so we were just basically re-going re through that with them right but I do feel bad for the kids that are getting the license right now at 19 20 21 how do they yeah, I love working with those people because I want to give them the knowledge that I had to help them get started. Yeah. When you started running your own operation, would you hire young guys or, or women that just had something about them that you knew they were going to be successful? Or, or did you, how'd that work? Yeah, we just had an agent walk into my office about new agents. And I was like, the beauty of new agents is I, can, I can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. And I can't get out of, like, if I had an agent come to me and want to work on our team, they've been in the business 10, 15 years. I can't get all their bad habits out of them, but I can take a brand new agent and train them and give them the exact pot, the, the exact path to go forward with. Yeah. And so when I go into coaching and I'm like, all right, I want to revamp my stuff. What do I do? I always go back to my old habits and do things the way they were, even though the other system is better, even though I can show that agent who's been doing this 20 years, who's not, who doesn't have the success level, they should the, the path to go forward. That's the correct way to do it they still go back to the old habits. Yeah. So if I can take, you know, you bill as a brand new agent and, you know, get it going, you're going to have the right path going forward. So I love new agents. I love young agents because they're right out of school. They're, they're aggressive. They want to make money. Yeah. 
Hungry. Hungry is a good word, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. that's good. Uh, you started with Remax and you were with Remax for a long time. Yeah, I, I went right for the best office. You know, I knew I wanted to end up there. I was at another office for like two weeks and the day it was supposed to be on my floor time, I quit. And I just was like, you know what, if I'm going to give up, you know, a, a lot of my commission, I might as well just go right to Remax where I'm going to make hundred percent or 95% at the time. And, and all I wanted to go to that office for was sales training. I already knew real estate, but I needed the sales skills. That's why I was going to the first office. And so when I was just like looking at the numbers, I've always played with the numbers. Where can I make, how can I make more money? Yeah. Um, so I went right to Remax, signed up with them. I was there 18 years. And then obviously we ended up at eXp Realty, I think three and a half years ago. Yeah. When you start thinking about margins at age 19, that's, that's, that changes your whole life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you think about it. It's the, the, I looked at the sheet when I was signing up. I'm like, first 30,000, I give them 15, but it cost me a thousand a month to work at Remax. So 12 times a thousand is $12,000. So I'm ahead, I'm ahead $3,000 right there. So why don't I just go just right to the source? Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, Think about this, 2000, things are just starting to explode, you know, when it yep. comes to social, everything online, the web 2.0, we're talking back and forth. I'm just going to guess, wild guess here, you probably embraced that as a young guy and and ran with uh, with online leads and all that good, great stuff. Everybody was trying to figure it out and all the people were coming to an office, showing us all the internet stuff. And um, I, you know, we had our websites, we were able to play with it, we got from the company and when one of the trainers was in, I was like, yeah, man, I, I closed half my business with your, with your site last year. They're like, oh my God, I would love a testimonial because again, you know, now there's what 120 million online leads sold and 5 million houses sold. Yeah. Then there was a million houses sold and probably 500 online leads sold, right. but nobody picked up the phone. So it was the lead comes in and I called them up and asked them, Hey, you inquired about one, two, three Elm street. Would you like to take a look at that? Yeah. We're coming down next week from Massachusetts, whatever. And that was, that was the business. I mean, that's where we were getting it from. Wherever we had to spend money on commercials or marketing, we would do that. That was going to get us attention. But it wasn't as abused as it is today. Yeah. It's a lot harder today. Oh, it's changed dramatically, right? I, I, yeah. I remember when the first IDX feed came out. And <laughs> as someone's, uh, a buddy of mine in Phoenix's blog website thing went from 500 pages to 50,000 pages because yeah. we had a, a listing. <laughs> you know, that was huge back then. Today, it means yep. nothing, really. I mean, yeah. everybody has that. I mean, IDX is IDX. You, you just got to click it on the MLS and yeah. it's going to realtor.com. And when someone says, I put your house on over 500 websites, I'm like, well, if all you do is to click a button, you know, and it automatically does that. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that hard, right? Anymore. Yeah. Right? Um, you, you've had a team for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start. When, when did, you know, I'm trying to think when Teams became in vogue. I, I feel like it was around 2010-ish, maybe right up or maybe right before the dark days. But how about for you? What was when did you start building it? And there's still got to be some lessons you learn you can pass along to someone listening. So I didn't quite understand the team concept back when I first got in the business. Teams were actually in my office. There was a mm -hmm. team in 2000 and or 2001. And I did, my mom's like, "Go be a buyer's agent." I'm like, "I'm thinking assistant." I'm like, "I don't want to be somebody's mm -hmm. assistant." Um, I want to work for myself. I don't want to be, you know, underneath Bill Risser or or whatever. I want to be my own agent. I don't want to be an assistant. I'm not thinking of assistant of buyer's agent as someone who's getting opportunities and you know going out and closing them. Um, so I had the wrong mentality then. But this is 2000, 2001. This is like you know um, Janice was putting the the team stuff together, wow. and then you know, but the teams really did come around in like the the late 2000s, you know, 2010. But when 2008 came around, you know, short sale days, obviously say the dark, uh, the dark clouds came over us. Yeah. 
we were carrying 25 to 30 listings and you know, it's, it's a lot maintaining those, keeping up on the short sales. We did our own negotiating some we leveraged out, but it wasn't stuff that was all selling right away. So you got to keep in touch with the sellers, but buyers were also calling to buy properties. Well, I'm just getting married. We've got our kids. I'm not, I'm not wanting to go run around 12 hours a day showing houses like I did in 2007 and beyond and earlier because I was single. I didn't care. I worked 24 seven. Sure. And so it was a, a, a way to find time and freedom, um, but still worked seven days a week and as much as we needed to. But it was a lot of missed opportunities if I didn't have a buyer's agent in play at that point because the sign calls that we were getting, keeping those and nurturing those opportunities. Yeah. Was it kind of the same setup as today? I mean, you a certain split if it was referred from you or a different split if it was their own? I mean, how did, was all that in play already? No. Okay. I mean, back then it was like we had one, one uh, it was called one split um, for everything that was going on. And we shared business and we were kind of like business partners. I, okay. I considered the buyer's agent. I had an assistant who's still with me today um, who's running my company now. And, um, so longevity is what we have in our team. Yeah. Um, treat them right and they stay with you forever. So we continue to treat people right, but we only give so much because we've got people that take, 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 well, you know, it's like, you got to go back and forth, Yeah. but, um, you know, now we it's, and it wasn't run like a business. It's like, Oh my God, a lead came in. Let's go close it. Mm. You know, we didn't, we never thought about payrolls and, and splits and, and, you know, the, the hard cost and what things look like. So I was like, man, that split's just not profitable. I don't know how, why I did that. Didn't think about the breakdown of what was that 40 or 50% we were getting, right. you know, at the time. So um, now, you know, through different coaching over the last five years, we've got it running more like a business. And I, you know, I've got four people on payroll. I've got, um, it was even scary enough for me to go to paychecks and do direct deposit. I did that, I think three years ago. It's like, man, cause they would get checks from me handwritten and the bank would have to call to ask what the amount was. So I felt like I was the next level having paychecks with direct deposit. Um, <laughs> That's great. But you know, it's, we're, we're, we're four assistants in the office. We've got 15 agents working for us. Um, I've got a, a huge brick and mortar space that we all work in the office and we have, we, and we do have virtual assistants as well. We've got three of those in the Philippines. You know, my closing coordinator has a virtual assistant helping her with transactions. My marketing coordinator has a virtual assistant. My director of operations has one. They have help. Now, I love people in the office because I could fire everybody and probably hire 20 people for what I pay them. But I love having people in the office because I can see, hear, and, and know what they're doing. Yeah. And they have, the, you know, they have the assistance because they're able to work on them. Yeah. Your office door is open, right? You can hear what's yep. going on. I yep. I did that in the title space. I ran a branch for a number of years and I loved having my door open and listening to issues in title. You, you know, sometimes yep. there's issues in a title in the title side of things. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, I thought it was just you guys got the papers because you make the least amount of money in a transaction <laughs> and you get all the BS. You know, I was like, yep. wow, 400 yep. bucks to close a deal. And you know it exactly. You are spot on, sir. Thank you very much for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Yeah. That. But hey, I need I need a thousand bucks from you for this event we have going on. Can you give me some more marketing money too? Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. God, you're amazing. All right. I'll just let that sit out there for a little bit and let everybody take yeah. it in. That's perfect. Uh, you talked about coaching. You receive coaching. You, you, yep. you, you believe in coaching and you are a coach. You love educating other people. First, I'm just going to say why. <laughs> and second, Let's talk about the genesis, the start of Agents Who Win, because th that's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, I, I never thought about coaching. I mean, I, I, 
I was going to look at coaching back when I got started and the coaching then was Mike Ferry system, pick up the phones and prospect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like talking to people. I don't want to pick up the phones. So I never got involved in coaching in the beginning of my career. Um, I always thought it was just, it was people smiling and dialing and that was not my method of business. Okay. Um, come around 2010, 11, I got into the coaching side uh, with Donna and Mike Stott with your coaching matters. I was with them for seven years. Mm. And so, and like the brokerage, I don't coach hop. I, you know, how can we help each other? And then I kind of outgrew what they had going on um, and then got into a couple different other platforms. And, you know, now I've been with three different coaching companies over the last, I think, six years. And each one has offered us a different level of um, experience Mm -hmm. or information or knowledge that we've gained from them. Um, the last three that we've had have helped us transition more to the business model versus just like, hey, go sell houses and we'll we'll see what happens at the end. Now it's all about profit. And every day we're looking at CTE, we're looking at what the splits are on each deal. Um, you know, the agents that are on the team, if they're not producing, had a conversation today. If you're not selling houses, but most brokers are pushing you out, you know, because this is a transition time. This is actually when money is being made in real estate. So, right. you know, pick up the phones. Now it's like, so, and there's also different kinds of coaching that I've learned about. Like, you know, back then, obviously, it's, you know, when I always thought coaching was just pick up the phones and smile and dial, that's not it. And so, the, the you know, the different types of coaching we have to look for is do we want to get leadership coaching, accountability coaching, prospecting coaching, sales coaching, team leadership coaching, um, so, and, and like business coaching. And so now we've formulated what our business model is and what we want our splits to be now, it's a matter of, you know, we have a, a coach on recruiting. How can we bring more agents to the team and the company? We have a coach on uh, systems and who's helping us work our back end. And they're also helping us with our training for the agents, like giving, providing the systems for that. My next coach that I'm looking for is on leadership. How can I become a better leader? And those are things that you can either take a, co- a class in college and yeah. learn there, or you have life experiences and you go back and teach it. My coaching that I'm providing is to my agents and helping them become better agents. Okay. And training and stuff. Yeah. And so let's, let's, let's transition into agents who win. Yes. Yeah. So trying to figure out a platform to kind of deliver from, and I don't use it for attraction. I don't use it for anything except it's a value to give back. And it's a small, you know, it's a small Facebook group. It's uh, agents who win on Facebook and agents who win.com. You can pull the information there. Um, Daniel Betancourt, my, one of my business partners, he and I go on Mondays and talk about just like Monday coaching masterminds. We actually call it now. And I do a Friday show where we're, I'm interviewing agents. What are you doing to succeed? Like this, Mm. this coming Friday, we have, you know, how to, how to recruit three to five agents a month to your team. Uh, last week, um, or two weeks ago, I was working with Jen Henry who was talking about new agent training, what they do with their brokerage. Um, agents, you know, Billy, if you're like Anthony, I would, I would talk to him about Anthony, how are you running such a successful referral business? Um, and you know, when I talk to him, he just gravitates people towards him. And so how do you have that? And we want to be able to share that information with other people. So that's our platform to do, to do that. Yeah. I, I love that. I think, look, it's, um, I've talked about this many times over the years with the podcast, you compete with people yet you share in this business. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's funny on that point because at my old brokerage, I was always the number one agent and it was just me and another agent. It was just me and my buyer's agent. We always ranked 20 to 30% higher than most of the agents that were in there. And they're like, what are you doing? I'll sit down and give you a playbook if we had one written. And like, why would you do that? Because you're not going to do anything with it. 
Hmm. And no, they'll list. Nobody would listen to what we were doing to sell houses, and it wasn't anything special. But I'll open my playbook up. You know, it. I've had a couple of people on our team go open their own, go start their own teams, which I'm, I'm excited with. We grew them to a point they wanted to expand. Mm-hmm. Here's the playbook. There's so much invested. There's so much money that's been spent on that playbook. They should take it and run, and they can go make a shit ton of money. Yeah. But the problem is nobody will implement three quarters of what we're going to teach them. Yeah. Even the people that went through it with you, even the people that were yeah. part of your team. I mean, that part's that's you know, I would imagine the the people you've had uh, yeah, the fifteen people on your team pl- uh, follow the playbook because that's. Yep. It's what's making them successful, which in turn yes. makes you successful. Yep. Yeah. That's if you follow the systems, and that's the thing I was talking earlier, and I forgot to mention this in our team meeting, but I was like, we want to build you guys as business leaders, not just a bunch of a showing assistants. So, mm-hmm. you know, right now, I don't need you coming to me and like, how do I show a house? How can I help bring you up in this world as, a, as an agent? Because two to three years from now, if you're still with us, which would, would be awesome, you're not now one of the top salespeople in the team. But- if I just you know keep creating leads for you and creating leads for you and you wait for the phone to ring, I can go hire a bunch of showing assistants for that. Yeah. And that's not what I want to I want to bring our team to. I want to bring our team to, you know, we when you graduate off the team, if that's your that's your prerogative in, in a year or six months, two years from now, you can become a team leader or you can be a successful agent out on your own. Does that ever hurt when someone gets successful on your team and they leave? I mean, I mean, it has to have there's an economic impact no matter what you say. Yeah, I mean, you can't be you cannot be afraid to have your 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 highest producer leave the team because yeah. that means they're holding you hostage. Yeah, and the so you've got to make that next person the highest producer okay. and help and help grow them because someone from the bottom is going to move up, and if we can keep moving the bottom up, we're going to help elevate the industry. But at the same time, you know, I don't need two of me on the same team. Yeah, and that's what it becomes when you've got that top producer. They start getting in their head. And I've had this in interviews of people who are brand new agents. Well, I want to be you one day. Okay. 22 years from now, let's, let's have that conversation. <laughs> um, you know, cause it's taken that long to get here. Now I've seen people do it in three, four, five years in the industry. Awesome. They came in with the plan. They ran it in the beginning and, you know, got it pushed. I'm happy that they've succeeded. And as long as they stay with the company, I'm even more happy yeah. for them because we're still profiting from them mm-hmm. and helping them recruit and build their own teams. Yeah. Let's um, so it's like a, it's a funnel, it's a funnel of team uh, team members. <laughs> that, you know, it's yeah, it's great. I like that. Uh, yeah, you mentioned e- you know EXP. Let's talk about EXP. I think you know Glenn and his team. They built something. I you have to call it revolutionary. I think Keller Williams did it. Well, first Remax did it, and then Keller Williams yep. switched it up a little bit more with the the profit share. Um, so tell me, was it a tough decision after two decades with Remax to make that <laughs> to make that leap? It's hard to think that it was almost 20 years yeah. at the same company, but I I interviewed with Keller back in 2003 and I almost went there. I was on the verge, but I just couldn't understand. They, they kept pitching the seven levels thing and it wasn't about selling real estate. And all I wanted to do was go sell real estate. Mm. And when it came down to us moving, you know, three and a half years ago, the, it was, we were in a, we were in Boston at a uh, Chris Smith event uh, for curator and um, my it was my wife and my director of ops and um, my team member who's still with us after nine years, uh, Angela McCurdy. They're all like, we need to go independent. We want to grow this thing. We need to go independent. Mm. And so I was like, all right, fine. I'll order my broker books. Um, I didn't. I should have got my broker's license a long time ago, but I never wanted to open my own thing. So I never I never had that in my head. So I never uh, got it. But um, got them, got this big package in the mail. And I said, that's too much reading. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. 
Um, and I could open my own my own brokerage, and my stepdad or somebody could have been the broker of the office, you know, and they would have come in and, and been that that face. And then I looked at EXP, and it was like a brokerage in a box. And I can have my own storefront. I can have my own office space and and create my brand alongside or brokered by EXP Realty. Yeah, they handle all the compliance. They handle all the back end stuff. If there's a broker question, I got somebody who's got smarter than me on the back end. I never have a problem getting a broker on the phone. And you realize, you know, my broker that was with me at Remax, we spoke all the time, but we spoke about business and life and horseback riding and go to lunch once a week. And um, now, obviously, I don't have that personal connection with them where I see them every day. But if I need them, they're there. And because they're, they're, it's a state brokerage model. You know, it's funny is the room that I'm standing in is my room at the Remax office. When I gave notice, nobody came in here. And he's like, well, do you want the lease? I was like, sure. We'll take it over, and we ended up expanding. And he just moved everyone to the to the office up the to the next town over. So it was a great transition because we didn't have to move. It was literally take one sign down, put another one up. Yeah, yeah. You know that phrase you said, brokered by EXP and powered by EXP. That yeah. that re- that's that's the revolutionary thing that was done. It's it's a team yeah. and powered by. And there's it's yep. compliant in every state in the country, which is what you had yep. to be, right? That's great. Yep. There, there's there's some there have been some negative things, you know, regarding EXP. Mostly, you know, kind of. On the recruiting side, um, we understand that there's downlines and those sorts of things. That's very much uh, a, a tweak of the Keller Williams system. Revenue sharing is much different than profit sharing. I've actually interviewed yeah. Glenn and we chatted about that. And it was staggering what happened to him with his yeah. quote profit sharing when he had a great year. Uh, so it makes perfect sense. And I know that they're constantly on the lookout to make sure that it doesn't turn into people just creating um, thousands and thousands of agents. There has to be certain production numbers. Things have to fit because it has yeah. to work. It can't crumble. Yeah. But I've been at events and things where you got the, there's, a, there's those guys that like to uh, recruit a lot. How do we, yeah. how do you play with that? Or how do you handle that? <laughs> well, I'm not one that's picking up the phone, calling all the new agents every day saying, Hey, come join me at EXP. Come join me at EXP. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple agents that didn't join us because they felt it was just a bunch of recruiting mm. and um, they got bombarded by a bunch of EXP agents. They didn't want to worry about recruiting, like why I didn't join Keller Williams in 2003. Yeah. And so I didn't join the brokerage to recruit and recruit and receive revenue share. I joined the brokerage because I wanted to build a better, I wanted to build myself a better business. And so that's what we talk about when we're talking to people is like, how, what does your business look like? How can you improve? If I'm not the right partner for you, I may have the right partner on a line that can help you. Yeah. The tools that are helping us that we've been provided to be able to bring the company, you know, our team forward from two agents at Remax to now 15 to 20 agents at EXP, you know, now needing more space. And, you know, I've got a hundred partners across the country that we work with and, you know, like every brokerage, and don't tell me that you are the top brokerage and everyone is in there is in production because I know Remax and I know agents at our office who sell three houses a year and love paying fees every month. Um, I don't know why. Right. I have agents in my downline who don't sell a single house that love paying eighty five dollars a month. I don't know why. And they've been doing it for a year. I mean, I, I could do something else with a thousand bucks or a hundred bucks a month. Sure. Go to dinner, you know, with my wife and 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 do that. Yeah. And Keller Williams was known for recruit, 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 recruit. And you have those guys who came over just for recruiting. Um, and every time you'd see a new agent on a Facebook group, they would say, Hey, where's the best brokers to join? It'd be all KW people. Right. And then now it's all EXP and KW. Yeah. And it's, it is annoying. Um, cause it's like some, some people, are, and it is funny now too, cause it's like rip your DM is that is most of the Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh my God. Um, but the recruiting is great because I love talking to agents and I love helping them build their business. Yeah. And 
it's finding the right partners. And, and I've talked to a couple of people who were right on the line, but they just were like, you know what? I just had a conversation with John down the street and I think he's going to be a better fit for him. Like, you know what? Cool. Awesome. Welcome to the company. We're here for That's you. Great. That's um, great. That's yeah. great. So you just can't look at it as the recruiting. Now it's funny because as well, I've got a couple of people who didn't join because they did, they felt the recruiting and they were like, Oh, pick me, pick me. And now they've joined this new model that's opening in Florida and they're all about pick me, pick me. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, the same reason you didn't join us at EXP when you asked about the company is what you're doing to me right now. I love the irony in that. Yeah. They just start laughing. I'm like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I, get so, I get it. I get it. Um, all right, I'll switch topics. Let's let's go to yeah. the market today. We're, we're recording yeah. this episode June of 2022. Things have definitely changed from what no one predicted would happen in like June of 2020 <laughs> when the market went nuts. <laughs> um, inventory's coming back slowly, but it's coming back. Uh, rates are up, which not not crazy up, but up, which some people think is crazy. What do you see happening? What do you see happening? over? What's your take over the next, I don't know, year or two? And I know that's hard. That's a hard question. Hold on. I have to get the crystal ball I, out. And, yeah. <laughs> you can't see this, folks, but he did get a crystal ball out. It was great. Yeah. We're, we're trying. I have awards over here I can get, and we'll use that as a crystal ball. Okay. Um, it's a glass globe. Yeah. Um, but what do we see happening? You know, as we say, we want, we're going to see the market continue to go up. We're going to see values continue to rise. Now, it's not going to be 20% per year because right. we know that's not sustainable. We're going to still see multiple offers. We're going to see rates, you know, I think they, they've leveled off, but if the feds announce another rate hike, that's going to throw things into Tinsy for another couple of weeks and it'll bow back down. Right. I love the creativity that everyone's getting into now with their financing. Lenders are like, we can get you a, a rate lock now and then a night with 90 days to close, you know, you rate locks without a property. Those are some new things that are out there. There's a lot of tactics right now to help sell houses. You know, we're still in a seller's market. Uh, there's only three to six weeks of inventory. We're not at six months. Once we hit three, four, five months, I think we'll start to see some norm more normality happening. But uh, I had a listing this weekend, prime condition, prime location, in Avalon Park. It only had three offers. Had a lot of showings, but only had three offers. They all came in at asking price or a little bit above. And only one of them had a appraisal waiver contingency with no, appra no appraisal needed. Uh, another one was like four grand over. And then the other one was an escalation, 2,000 over the highest offer. I would have had another 10 offers on that house 30 days ago right? or, or 60 days ago. And I would have had, you know, it was listed at 525. We probably would have sold it at 550 to 575 60 days ago. Yeah. And I love what happened that this weekend because I didn't have to negotiate 28 offers and listen to 28 people crying. And what happened was 20, 20, I'd say there's 28 offers, 25 buyers or 27 buyers uh, have now left the market because they 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 were tired of getting bid bid out. The interest rates went up, pushed them out of their affordability for what they wanted to get, and so now as our buyers that are that are looking right now are the serious people that want to buy. Yeah, and so it's it's a lot better than you know. I, I wrote six offers. I'm probably not going to get any accepted. I'm like I'm tired of hearing the agents cry about it. It's like I can only give you 42 different reasons you know how to write a successful offer, um, and you put every one of those in there, and you know you gave them your firstborn child, and they still don't take your offer. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it, it was just amazing to, you know, be, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the industry, but I'm on the sidelines of that heavy lifting that realtors do. And, but I heard nothing but that for two years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm like, so glad we're hitting. Uh, yeah. And I don't want to call I don't want to use the word shift because we're not shifting to a bad, bad market. We're right. shift. We're moving to a normal market. Yeah. I want to call it we're market normalization. Yeah. I like that. I like that much better. Um, yeah. What's, 
What's next for Todd and Angie Schroth? What do you what, what's on the horizon? <laughs> I would love to have that answer. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're going to continue to work on our team, build it, make it more successful. Um, we we want that twenty you know ish agent level that are all producing. Um, we just you know either relieved or uh, they have left the four agents from the team in the last week. Um, we had a conversation today about you know, hey guys, if you're not producing, this is what's happening with agents in the industry. Yeah. Um, this is what's going to happen. And um, so we want to get our recruiting down even more refined to finding the right people to help us build and expand into some other markets with the team. Local here in Florida, I'm not trying to go build a team in Tennessee and in, in Georgia and other places, but like we just bought a house up in Daytona. So we want to build you know an agent network up there. Hour away, easy to service. Tampa, same thing. Yeah. Hour and a half away, easy to service. Right. And we can still have our hub here. And, you know, as we're, as we're going, start picking up real estate again, getting into the investment side and, and, and buying assets for the future. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I guess call it getting involved in other businesses as this continues to run itself. Yeah. Todd, I've, I've had you here over, over the time I asked of you. So I'm going to give you the same no. final question that everyone's answered on the podcast. And that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? Get in and I want to say, read the book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, which I wish I would have read. My mother gave me and I didn't read and I still have it today. It's written by Gary Keller. It's like the Bible for real estate. It talks about building a business and whether you read that or not, because it literally is a, a big book and I'm not a reader and I need to be. Run your Start this out like a business. Get incorporated. Um, educate as much as you can. And you know, if you're not showing houses, you need to be listening to podcasts like Bill has, learning from people who've been doing this for 20 years. And get it, if you can't afford a coach, listen to coaches because they have a ton of podcasts out there. You need to learn sales skills. You need to learn, you know, professionalism and, and a lot of other things that are, that are, I could go on and on uh, things that a new agent needs to do, but get in and treat this like a business. This is not a hobby. Yeah, that's it. That last line is it. Treat it like a business. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yep. Todd, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, my cell phone is the best way or find me on Facebook. I'm on there way too much. Um, my cell phone's 407-247-4184. And you can find me on Facebook at Todd, you know, basically at Todd Schroth. Um, or I think I have my name on this thing somewhere, but it's toddschroth.work, which will take you to my e-business card. Awesome. Todd, this has been great. This is, yeah. Anthony was right. He's been, I swear to God, five years he's been saying, why, why have you called Todd yet. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much and uh, and continued success. It's awesome to see it happen. Yes. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It was great being here. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. <laughs>